This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Deverticulization, an interesting word favoured by Mark Thompson, is a newish term that he and some colleagues have started to use as they perceive a growing trend in both public and private sectors. That trend is around the questioning of the traditional, some would say Taylorian, vertically integrated views of organisations with old-fashioned hierarchical structures. Dr Thompson, lecturer in information systems, says many have back-office internal or outsourced functions, with some entire vertical functions, like finance or HR, being subcontracted externally. When discussing deverticulization, implicit in the term is an understanding that many organisations are beginning to take advantages of economies of scale. They're divesting themselves of some of the more commoditized, standardised activities which might previously have been undertaken internally. Some of the benefits of that are immediately uh, innovation and the possibility of recombining what it is that you do. A great example would be uh, the car manufacturing industry, and we're all, all aware that, in fact, components and, and assembling different components uh, to result in, in, in kind of different types of, of vehicles has been around as a practice for some time. I think the interesting uh, thing that's happening now is in the public sector, and let's face it, you know, Sir Humphrey within the UK is a traditionally lampooned icon of a, of a civil service that has been very resistant to change. I think we're beginning to see a, a, a progressively rigorous application of some of those ideas to question what public services might look like themselves if we, if we took some of the lessons, say, from the car industry uh, and started to apply some of those kind of platform-based ideas to some of our traditional vertical departments and local government organisations. How much of this deverticalization is being driven by the recession? I think it's fair to say that as the recession has begun to bite, uh, the business case for, uh, for making savings and for engaging in the notion of, of deverticalization, engaging in the notion of clubbing together, sharing services, and even uh, coming up with, with component-based designs for some of our public services is gaining ground. I think it's also fair to say that uh, it's one thing maybe to architect the way in which some of these services might be shared, the way in which uh, traditionally um, integrated services might be split into different components that can be recombined like building blocks. However, I think uh, many years of history demonstrates that the real challenge here is, is tackling cultural change uh, and, and often startlingly embedded resistance uh, amongst both public sector and some of their private sector suppliers to, to what amounts to a, over a 10-20 year period to a sea change in the way that public services are designed and delivered. It will take time, won't it? I think this will take an enormous amount of time. Uh, there are all sorts of factors that mitigate against that. Um, one of the largest of which, of course, is that over the last 15, 20 years, uh, there has been a progressive skew in the market in favour of, of uh, large uh, private sector providers who are able to uh, provide many of these services. Uh, because the contractual conditions historically have been fairly favourable for some of these outsourced service providers, they're typically able to pay salaries in the region of four, five, six, ten times what is available uh, for the commissioning side, the public service organisation commissioning these services. As a result, I think people talk about uh, a kind of skills drain over the last 15, 20 years to a leeching away of skills from the public sector to the private sector. Uh, if the public sector is to take advantage of some of these emerging platform-based economies, uh, they need to start developing skills in, in, to become an intelligent customer uh, really quite rapidly.
Examples of, of platform-based economies? A, a good example might be the credit card industry. Possibly the best and most mature example I mentioned was, uh, was, uh, is the car, uh, the car, the automotive uh, industry as well. But we're increasingly seeing platform-based economies emerging in some of the kind of high-tech industries. So, for example, if you look at Google, uh, many people talk about Google, but it's a nice, clear example that we're familiar with. Um, Google has a platform. That platform is open standards that everybody can link into quite easily. Fair enough, but the other important part of the platform is demand. So we know that Google has millions of hits every hour on its website. Because it has millions of those hits, all sorts of organizations pile in, if you like, to that platform and innovate on that platform. So you have people who produce content for Google, you have advertisers, you have people who do mashups and data mashups, etc. Another example might be Amazon. So started off as an online retailer, uh, quickly realized that they built themselves a, a vast amount of uh, web-based storage facility. So then started EC2, or Elastic Compute, um, which, which helped to kickstart the cloud industry. That in itself has led to another use of their of their capacity to, to start Love Film, for example, which is another, um, uh, another business that could use that web storage. And quite quickly, Amazon has started to realize that its, its core business may not, in fact, be as an online book retailer, but in, but in a variety of platform-based uh, businesses, which in turn have spawned ecosystems of suppliers around them. Further example might be eBay. So eBay itself, again driven by the enormous demand that's going through that platform, has spawned a host of industries as well as individual traders who, who have built, literally built businesses and continue to, to run thriving businesses on that platform. So the notion of, of open standards with which people can interconnect very easily, uh, supported by traffic and, and, and demand, is what drives, drives platforms. So platforms aren't just an architecture. An architecture might just remain out there in, you know, on a piece of paper. What you need is the architecture and the demand together. Is the security good enough for that at this stage? You're asking owners, organisers, managers, employees to work very closely together in a very sort of open environment, but there's got to be security, hasn't there? Indeed, and security remains one of the key, uh, the key technical areas, if you like, to be, to be cracked here. But it ought to be said that, taking a public sector as an example, uh, public sector organisations have traditionally over-specified security, gold-plated their security requirements. So typically what we may have is, is public sector um, uh, insisting that all data must be stored at what we call IL-3 or above, uh, security-wise, um, when in fact 98% of that might be people's Christmas card lists or, or you know, um, small access databases that don't really hold um, uh, sensitive data. So I think the real challenge actually, yet again with security, Yes, there are, some, uh, there are some areas that absolutely require uh, secure authentication and, and, and thinking about ID uh, in, a very, in a very mature way, committed way. But the, I think the real, again, the real uh, um, understanding here is that much of what we designate as being high security and, and, very, and therefore difficult to, to componentize isn't actually. And we have to persuade people to let go a little bit more. And there is also a parallel movement when it, when it comes to security towards allowing citizens to own their own data. So, so the traditional view of security and data was that, that the nanny state owns the data for you, uh, and part of this debate we're having at the moment with health records. But I think we're going to see progressive shifts, and we're seeing organisations now that are beginning to produce personal data stores that in the future, indeed, will allow individuals to trade their own data with a variety of organisations and, in fact, to receive benefits, financial and otherwise, uh, from, from allowing people to see their data. Final point, you're out talking about this all the time. You're living that particular dream, if you like. What sort of feedback are you getting? Are you getting very positive vibes? 
It very much depends who you talk to. I think what we're seeing here is, like any established marketplace, with all sorts of uh, very fairly entrenched players, both public and private sector, uh, we're seeing a prob probably marked reluctance to engage with some of these ideas, although there is increasing evidence that they're now doing so. Uh, I think we've, at the other end of the spectrum, got a small group of, of, of possibly too clubby, committed evangelists uh, who can see uh, the future. And I think in the middle, we've got a lot of confused people. We see people um, uh, across the public sector who are aware that things must change, aware that, uh, that for example, in local government, three or 400 organisations doing precisely the same thing in a variety of different ways. I think there is a growing understanding that that can't continue forever that the, the taxpayer can't afford this kind of duplication forever, but there is uncertainty as to the best way to start. And in particular, there's uncertainty as to the best way to encourage lots and lots of previously vertically separate organisations to start doing things in the same way, which will then allow them to benefit from the economies of scale that this provides. So I think um, there's, there's a large spectrum uh, of feeling about this. I think there's a growing acceptance that something has to change, and I think there is a growing acceptance that, that some, of the, some of the alternative platform-based models that we've been discussing uh, will apply to the public sector and generate potentially billions of savings every single year if we can get our act together. And this is what this is all about. Mark Thompson, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.